We better get back, because it'll be dark soon, and they mostly come at night. Mostly. on Ninja's podcast. I'm Wally and joining me today is my mate Furious. How you doing mate? I'm not bad, not bad, not bad. Me and you have seen enough of each other's faces for the past week or so, haven't we? Aye, feel like I've been spending my, my life seeing you these days, you know what I mean? Don't see for free and then see all week. Fantastic. <laughs> what, what happened? A couple of, about a month or so ago you clued me up to tickets that were going to these couple of events and you, you said I would be interested in them. And I was, and I went along and they were good, but do you want to tell us about what, what we got up to? Yeah, um, well, first things first, me and Wally are from Glasgow, which is, uh, they've forgotten. I thought that was evident, mate, <laughs> the accent. Aye, well, you know, it's, it's it's a Scottish thing, but it's the forgotten land when it comes to gaming events and that, and uh, being gamers, uh, anything involving games is a rare treat. So uh, this year, the Glasgow Film Festival uh, is part of the kind of subsection within it, let uh, Rob Lawrence, the basically uh, Rab for Burniston. See, you might not know what Burniston is, you might not know. You probably know him for Transylvania or Video Guiding thing. Uh, or maybe even Independent Charles. Independent Charles, indeed, yeah, for Xbox Live. Um, well, he basically got to take charge of a, a small uh, schedule of events, which were like uh, manga parades and manga showings. Uh, he even had an empty, which me and yourself were invited to. He also had a show in, in a live review at Aliens Colonial Marines. And these were all done at night in the GFT or uh, the CFC theatre. And it was uh, great to actually just finally have an kind of event where we could go meet up, have a few beers, have a bit of chat, and then enjoy something that was related to what we're into, you know, instead of the usual having to trek down to London to enjoy it, you know. So, yeah, it was definitely a, a great night and, well, great week of events, you know. So the first thing that we went to was on the Monday, and we went to the the review of Aliens Colonial Marines, and that was hosted by your man, Rab Florence, and with him we had Kieran Gillen, for Rock, who's the editor of Rock Paper Shotgun, yep. and we also had Tom Bramwell, who's the editor of Eurogamer, yep. is that right? Yep, that is. So what did you think of that? I thought... Um... Having been at Eurogamer last year and saw the kind of show they put on with the aliens booth, they had a platoon of colonial marines and they even had a guy in an alien suit running about. So before the event, I was saying to you, I was expecting big things, you know, I was expecting, because Alien Wars is based in the Archies in Glasgow, so that's the kind of live event where people go and get chased by an alien and stuff, so I expected big things and... uh, to be honest, we weren't disappointed. As we walked up to the GFT, there was two Colonial Marines standing outside greeting people as they entered the cinema. And then once we got into the cinema, it was a case of that they were doing their kind of patrolling thing while the review was going on. And the general review, if you could call it that, more a kind of witch hunt gang beating kind of just anti the game is rubbish. You know? It was basically, it was what was to be expected. I know these guys like to think they're... They're uh, not part of the, the scene, but to be honest, they just jumped in the bandwagon, I think, and was like, oh, why should we review? The, the, the thing that got me, and this is me being honest, is there was no footage from the game shown 
whatsoever. There was not even a trailer. You know, they could have. Had the I was kind of expecting a bit of that as well, if I'm honest. In a cinema, you would have expected there to be at least a trailer. Like, here's a trailer for the game. Let's talk about it. No, no. They just went and sat and talked the talk, told a few jokes, took a few cheap shots, if I'm honest, uh, and then basically uh, put on the movie. And I was kind of like, oh, that was a bit kind of. I expected there to be somebody playing it, perhaps, to show, oh, look, this is. This is the problem. This is why we got a problem. But instead of that, it was basically because everybody had said, "Oh, the game's rubbish." They basically were like, "Yeah, the game is rubbish." But it's not a hundred percent true. I'd say. And there's a f- it has its good points, and we'll get to that later on. Uh, after that, as you said, we sat and watched a, an old school cut of the film that yeah, seventy five mil cut uh, Aliens from nineteen eighty six, as old and as good looking as myself, because we both came out the same year. Um, well, I don't know about you, mate, but I spent most of the film thinking, and they got the Blu-ray upstairs. Oh, it's, it's <laughs> you, 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 I think it's a case that you talk to people and people have romantic images of uh, cinema with uh, projectors and all of this and the crackle and the burn marks and that. And don't get me wrong, it, 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 we, we did it. We went, we saw, we did it. But my God. It makes you realise just how fortunate we are to have HD projectors and beautiful IMAX and 3D and everything today. Because back then, even the film basically juddered and stopped at a point, didn't it? It was basically... Aye, like, that was brutal. It was just like the audio was out of sync, the audio was too loud, the exit sign was blinding us. I know it was old school cinema, this this isn't a, a multiplex we were at. This was a, the GFT's basically an old school cinema like it was back in the 80s. Well, I remember as a kid going to one uh, my local cinema was like that as a kid and it was basically you had the big exit signs at the front and your seats and it was a domed building and the speakers were hanging on the wall they weren't uh, put into the wall and it wasn't designed for maximum joy you know uh, it was a, it was an experience to say the least you know uh, but yeah we got through it and it was the thing that got me as well was uh, it was the normal cut it wasn't the director's cut so for myself it was Seeing something I hadn't seen before, if you if you see it for the view that I've only really watched the director's cut, so I've seen all the hidden footage, like uh, not the hidden footage, but the extra footage, like the the mother and father finding the ship and the turrets in the tunnel, and these all add good layers to the story. But when you actually see the original theatrical cut, you realise how much of the film was actually missing. Definitely, I mean I'm not going to go too far into this, but one of the things that always gets me about the theatrical one is they cut out that. It's like a seven-second scene where they tell you uh, Hicks's first name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why? But anyway, I'm digressing. So that that was a good wee night. And then on the Friday, we went along to Rab Florence's Game and Empty. Yep. And that was at the CCA yep. in Glasgow as well. And straight away, me and you were <laughs> fish out of water in the building, weren't we? Yeah, it's a very... um. How would you put it? Arts-driven. You know, I mean, we're gamers. We uh, we don't shy away from it. You know, I mean, I was there with my Battlefield T-shirt on, and we were just sitting there having a beer and that. And uh, it was just like everybody around us was art students, and they were up their own self, and they were arty farty. And it's just not. A place. There was a level of douchebaggery, wasn't there? Yeah, it was basically. <laughs> no, amongst the gamers, I have to say that this was the yeah the, the this to be the kind of standard clientele of the building. Do you know what I mean? But, we were all upstairs at the way of that eventually. Yeah, I was. It was missing a guy in a berry with a, a, cigar, a cigarette on a, a long. No, I've seen him. <laughs> <laughs> he was there. Well, then that hey, better place for him. It was very, uh, it was very hoity-toity. But then again, it was a place I'd never been. Like we were saying, it's a, a place we've went by many times. 
be being in sort of the top of uh, Soggy Hall Street, but we've never actually been in the place. Now we have, uh, we won't be back. <laughs> Unless there's something else that Yeah, does. yeah, and we hope there is, we honestly hope there is. But, uh, but we went in for the, we, we went to the game in empty, and we weren't entirely sure what it was going to be, but it turned out to be a kind of, a kind of comedy show with a bit of audience participation and with a massive involvement of computer games. Yeah. Is that, does that sound like a good assessment for you? Yeah, it was kind of... Yeah, it was like a comedy show meets a chat show. meets. It was It was very much like a live chat show, I felt, um, just be, just for the format, because there was couches and Rab sat, and uh, he did his wee... He did, told a few jokes, played a few games, but then he would invite people up onto the stage to talk to him. Uh, and he, at, all, at all times, he had like a house band who would sit and play bit chip music and stuff, you know, so it was all very, if you, you can imagine it being a chat show on TV, you know, um, even the BBC were there, so who knows, you know, but uh, right. it did feel this format would transfer into a chat show, don't ask me. I loved, there was there was one wee kind of, one, one wee kind of quip they made at the BBC when they went and said, uh, the BBC uh, are here because they're into games now. Right. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious, but uh, it was uh, you, t- you talk about the house band. That was um, what was the performance name? It was Meow Meow. Yeah, am I right? And uh, don't get me wrong, I'm not a big kind of chip music fan. I know Jason, so I think he would have loved it. But I think it was quite impressive that the guy's playing all the instruments by himself. Yeah, yeah. Well, my kind of history, I, I like uh, like Amagama Gucci. They're quite a good uh, bit chip chip bass tune band and uh, I've kind of kind of got a taste for it like you know like Jesse's and when it listen to him it's maybe best listened to on a CD than it is listened live you know because live it was it kind of went a bit crazy at times didn't it because it was the song was there and that but at times it just got major feedback and stuff and it was about all oh, a bit kind of oh this is you know what I mean but uh, on the whole it's really well done you would, have, you would have probably lost the the whole impressiveness of, of watching him actually having to do all this himself because he's playing like three different instruments. Yeah. Well, he, he's playing his guitar and he had his his wee keyboard thing there, and at the same time he's constantly fiddling about with the 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 levels and I don't know, and it just looked to me that just looked all quite impressive. Yeah, it was the first time I've seen anybody do it live as well. So Aye. I mean, hats off to him. But th- that was great, and I've never been. I can honestly say there's. This is the first time I've ever been to any sort of event where somebody's come out with a live performance of Snake Eater. Yeah, that was that was um, unseen. Uh, I didn't see it coming, but I didn't not see it coming, you know. But yeah, he opened the he opened the show where live performs of Snake Eater by audience participation, um, which was a bit kind of like, oh, that's a bit random, isn't it? But yeah, it was um, all all to him, you know. What I mean, he showed no fear, you know. Um, but it was his empty, as he said, so he could do whatever he wanted, you know. It was, as I say, it was it was a funny night, and I'd, I'm I'm dying to see more things like this coming to Glasgow, anything like this, and I think you're you're a bit, you're in the same mind. Yeah, definitely. It's it's one of these ones we sit in, well, this part of the world we sit in on Twitter and that you see all the hipster cool kids like, oh, I'm going to the Star Trek event tonight, or I'm going to the Gears of War event tonight, and you got yourself, you're only going to that because you live within walking distance to the event, you know what I mean? I'd love to go to that thing, but it's always in London, you know, the, the gaming industry need to realise that Britain is a big country, and it's not just London, and to an extent, it was like this year's Eurogamer, there was so, I had so much hope that it would go to the NEC in Birmingham, centre of the country, it's easy for everybody to get to, 
but sadly, well, not sadly, but you know what I mean, it's returning to Ells Court, which is okay, but we're going to Ells Court, for us at least, there comes a very big monetary price. And time as well, because we've got the entire country to go down there. Yeah, uh, it's like 380 odd miles we need to travel to get to Eurogamer, so it's, it's it, it, this all needs to be taken into consideration, I think, when organising that, because we buy the games as well, it's not just the Glatterari in London that buy the games, they, they're they just there for the swag and to get free drink, aren't they? whereas we actually are there, and I think that's the very telling thing with these events, whenever I go to it, or I see it like yourself and that go to it, we really enjoy them, because they are such a rarity for us, you know, um, to get them, you know. Definitely, um, but as you said, so hopefully they'll be there, hopefully this will this will be the springboard for more events yeah. of its kind, because both of them were kind of sold it so yeah I hear Rab's actually been asked back to do next year so hopefully we'll have a week and maybe even two weeks worth of schedule you know and we'll have the empty part too excellent so what we're really here to talk about is I, I don't know if anybody's been paying attention but there was a game came out a few weeks ago called Colonial Marines we just spoke about it so I don't know why I'm talking about it as if you have no heard it <laughs> I think it was based on a film but I'm not sure I, I I think we spoke about that film or not. <laughs> so this whole thing's falling apart. <laughs> but Colonial Marines came out anyway. Some people loved it. Some people hated it. Me and Stu are going to have a, a wee conversation about... We're going to have a wee argument. A wee square go, if you like. About, My dog's about bigger than Colonial your dog. <laughs> aye, aye. Um, Bafies have played through it. Bafies have formed their opinions there. And we've decided to take it the stand so one is can he stand it one is loves it and we're going to put our points forward and see where we are at the end of the episode we don't this is the first time we've attempted this and don't really know where it's going to go so good luck to be <laughs> yeah so black kick ass straight away yeah if you feel you feel want you want to step into the ring in the red corner winning at £1200 comes Willie <laughs> <laughs> My first argument towards the game is I'm going to start heavy here. I'm going to start with gameplay mechanics. We haven't gone too far into it. The problems I have with this game is it feels too old-fashioned right off the bat. You've got your old-school old health bar in the bottom of the screen. Uh, you have to pick up health kits and shields and stuff like that. It just feels wrong. You're, you're trying to be in this atmosphere where you feel as if you're in the aliens world, but you've got big shiny health pickups and armour pickups and stuff like that on your HUD kicking about all the place and to me I don't know I don't know what your opinion about this is Stu but I, I tend to prefer the regenerating health kind of system that you get in first person shooters these days I don't, I don't have much time for having to go about and collect a medikit and stuff like that I think it's a case of to be honest because the game was so long in development I think this was was the trend at the time back then to actually it was six, seven years in development, so back then this was the trend for games to basically have these pickups. And I think because it was one of the core mechanics of the game, it was never ironed out, you know, because it went through four development houses. So it's a pain, but at the same time, it's it's not a pain because they are plentiful and there are many of them. Like the the thing I find it quite funny the fact that sometimes you'll run up and you'll grab there'll be three helmets and you can stack all three helmets on top of your head to defend yourself, you know. So aye, it's like aye. it's the kind of laws of physics go out the window, but at the same time it's not a, a major hindrance, you know what I mean? If if you keep dying, then realistically it's 
you as the gamer who's the problem, not the game at that point, you know, because if it's giving you the option and the ability to pick up stuff and heal and stuff, then you just need to make sure you get to that point or you keep that these things in eye shot, you know? I mean, if I'm honest with you, um, I've played it on the hardest difficulty and, and it takes away the HUD. And I, I don't know, I kind of felt... You, you see less of these things kicking about because you need to go and find them and it, it, it did a bit more to take, it, it put me into the the atmosphere of the game mm. but it's just to me running about collecting these as you said you, you pick up three different helmets just to fill up this wee health bar thing I was just wondering when I was going to pick up a red key card to go through a red door do, do you know what I mean? Yeah And t- I mean on top of that you've got I know a lot of people have been complaining about the AI and the enemies Um and about the fact that they just kind of run straight for you all the time. No, I, I think you've got an argument to this, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. I'd say that you're fair. You're, you're right. You, you can stand in one area and they will come for you and they will ignore all the AI characters. But the thing to bear in mind is this is a totally open drop-in, drop-out co-op game. So if you're playing it yourself, the ta- the, 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 the enemy are just going to go for you. But the minute, say, I was to appear in your game, or you were to appear in my game, that means the AI will have two characters to aim for. You understand where I'm coming from? And because it's I... four-player co-op, you'll have four players. So what would happen is instead of the, 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 fi- the five or six enemies coming straight for you, make a beeline, they'll start going for everybody else. You know, not going for everybody else, but they'll start varying their attack pattern and they'll vary in where they go, you know. So, going through in single player, it's, it's very much a Left 4 Dead scenario, this game. I would put this in the Left 4 Dead camp. Left 4 Dead's amazing uh, co-op, uh, but in single player, it's a bit piss watery weak, you know. It's the same with this, I'd say. Although, right. this is a, a, this is, this is made up with a story going through it so to a lot of people a lot of people I think they're not seen by the fact the campaign story is so story orientated you know I've got an argument against that and that's why I asked you to get your bit done first now as you say you've, suddenly you play it on co-op uh, with, with four people and the aliens on the are just running at you what I would argue is but they're just running at all you's. now I've watched you've, we've all watched plenty of alien films the aliens don't just run at you, they hide, they sneak run behind you, they, do you know what I mean, they, they try and trick you, they try and lure you into certain, but there's none of that in the game. Yeah. It's just, as you say, I, they get divided between the players, but they're still just running at all the different players, there's no kind of attempt to ambush you, and as you said, you could, you've just compared it to Left 4 Dead, think about things like the uh, the smoker in Left 4 Dead, that'll actively try to get behind or to the side of your party and try and single out somebody to pull them yeah. away and it'll work with other types of enemies to try and to try and do you in and there's none of that in this game it's just at, at all points in the game it's just aliens running straight towards the players yeah it's a, it, well it is at its core an FPS so you're, you're going to have a gun you're going to shoot shit that's that's it at the end of the day that's what happens and I think see because it was so long in development, this is the thing. It's like, yeah, you've got a point. It would be nice. What would have been really nice is if you could have had a, the campaign, although it is co-op, drop in, drop out. If you could have had an alternate team, a drop in, drop out. I, you could have your mate coming as an alien. So you're playing against the AI aliens, but your mate's also an alien. And I think that would that would have remedied some of this issue. You know, 
to, to, to be able to jump into somebody's game and be a total dick and just keep beating them down and then leave, you know, it'd be remedy it. But the problem is, like you say, you, the, the AI isn't the best, but at the end of the day, it's a no-brainer FPS shooter for me. I like getting in, I like shooting things, I like to shoot aliens. Well, I, you know what I mean? It's not like I'm trying to solve massive crimes and it's not a... a a survival horror or that in any way, shape or form, it kind of loses the horror element within the, six, the first six seconds of playing it, you know? So it's just, right. the ability, for me, it's like, you go in, it's an, it's an enemy that you've always kind of went, oh, I can shoot that, I can shoot this, and you just shoot it, and I suppose with the varying types of alien, it changes up the gameplay a little bit, but at the end of the day, it's always, it's a point A to point B campaign, you know, you know, it's no, it doesn't, have, it's, Linear as hell, so it's no going to venture off the unbeaten path, you know. Aye, I mean, I guess my last thing I would say about this is, I mean, talking about the aliens never always coming from in front of you. For about the first two or three chapters, I spent constantly having the motion tracker out, yeah, and expecting them to, to show up. And I'm constantly turning round and doing three sixty turns just to see as they're sneaking up on me. And I kind of learned by about the third chapter that. Nothing's ever going to come from behind me. They're always just going to come from in front, except for the, the, a few set pieces in the game. But uh, to me, that kind of took me. That took some of the horror away from it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Well, you could have. They could have quite easily had some enemies spawn from behind you a wee bit. Well, I've, and I've, I've had that feeling of being surrounded. I found myself if because I never used the, the the motion tracker. I found myself nine times out of ten if I missed the alien at the start, it would double back on me and come back for me. You know what I mean? It was a case of there were bits, elements in it where nine times out of ten I knew they were going to crawl and jump behind me off the wall or something. I know you're saying, but maybe you found in your your style of gameplay it didn't do it. But I know in mass when I was playing it, nine times out of ten I would get nicked or I would get clipped by somebody behind me. You know what I mean? That I've missed or they've went in the eye shot or I've been too busy focusing on another enemy that they've just snuck in behind or they've dropped or maybe I've ran by them. So. Right. Fundamentally, they were in front of me, but now I've went in front of them, kind of thing. If you know what I mean. And the... See, I, that, that might just be the fact that I've, I, I've heard for some people have liked to kind of run through the aliens and played it like a like a survival horror. That whole shooting the ones that are in your way, but trying to get through them and trying to get away. But I didn't. I, tend, I tended to kind of stay back and clear an area before I left. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? But maybe that's because I'm maybe I'm, maybe I'm better at shooting than you. Well, maybe maybe. <laughs> but um, that brings us on to your. Your argument? Yeah, I like I like the um, although we've talked about the how the AI in that handles, I really like the core mechanic gunplay. I thought the gunplay in it was brilliant. It was it's very tight. It's basically your pulse rifle. You shoot your pulse rifle. It feels like a pulse rifle. It acts like a pulse rifle. It sounds like a pulse rifle. It's an amazing thing. It's same with the smart. Every other gun in the game is the same. Uh, even the new ones have brought in like the SMG and the sniper rifle. It's not as if you're shooting an enemy. And you're missing them, if you know what I mean. It's like, no. if, if they're in your crosshairs, they're down. And I, I thought that was a, a key to the game, you know. If the gunplay was not there, if I shot, like, headshot... You, you fight humans in the game at certain points. And if I was to get a headshot on a human and shoot the human, and it was it's happened in hundreds of games, the, the detection isn't there. You shoot them in the head and they just keep running. But when you shoot them, you drop them. And I think the fact that it's so tight, it, it, it makes up for some of the, the shortcomings of the game, you know. Um, I also like the fact that when you, you mix it up and you start using the smart gun and stuff, uh, it becomes like uh, the, the 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 feeling is basically 
you can just stand there forever with a smart gun and nail anything that comes at you because the the the, the vision changes and it starts to kind of rotate and crosshair and stuff, you know, and it auto locks onto stuff and that, and you, you get all these unlocks for your guns. Uh, you can get the smart gun adaption for your sniper rifle, which is a great thing because basically it's a sniper rifle, and when you look through the scope, it comes up with a, a blue box around an enemy. So say you're standing and you bring up your rifle, you can see the blue box miles away and you're like oh there's an enemy there and you can keep tracking them and it, it takes out the whole idea of putting up your scope and like oh where are they where are they where are they you know I kind of wish the smart scope was in more of the guns you know Aye, it's, it's interesting you talk about like, the guns and adding in like, scopes and things like that now, I actually quite like the fact I mean we're only used to for the canon of the, of the, of the films we're only used to pulse rifles smart guns and flamethrowers on shotguns but this has added in a whole load of new new guns. So you've got like your you've got the VSMG thing. Um, you've got the battle rifle. Yeah. Things like that. But they all feel like aliens' guns. They don't feel like this weird addition to the series. I don't I don't know how you felt about it, but I felt as if I this is this is adding a good that, that was a good addition to the series is these new guns that all felt very much like the guns for the film anyway. Yeah, it was. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like the, the Sega and the guys at Gearbox did a really good job on that because I think with the shortcomings of the game come on the technical side, they make up for it on the kind of the authentic feel of things. You know, at no point did you pick a gun up and think, "Oh, this gun could not be part of the universe." You know, they've all got that look with the digital counter on it, or like, the feel, or the the un, the swung shotgun stuff on the assault rifle, and that. It's all got that feel, the sound. Um, and they all basically pack a hell of a bunch, I think, you know, it's, it's they did a really good job on the, the actual additions to the, the arsenal, you know. The only, I mean, the only thing I would ask is, where are you supposed to be storing all these guns that you're carrying? Because by the end of the game, I'm pretty sure my character was holding about 12 rifles. <laughs> it's these, these, these infinite <laughs> pockets, you know, it's that magical I, backpack, you know. What I did like was I liked the addition of the, the legendary weapons. Yeah. Throughout the game, did you find... All of them, or many of them? I found everything but one. The first one you find is Hicks' shotgun and stuff, but... That was the only one I missed, because I wasn't looking out for the legendary weapons at that point. I missed uh, Vasquez's uh, smart gun, because I, I, I totally just forgot about owning it at that level, which is really annoying, but um, it was there. They're, they're really cool, because you can use them also uh, on the online side of things as well, so... Aye, with the exception of the smart guns and the flamethrowers. Yeah. Uh, but I, 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 that's why I went back to get Hicks's shotgun because my weapon loadout for my my online character is uh, Gorman's pistol, Hicks's shotgun, and Ripley's pulse rifle. <laughs> I like see, I like the fact as well with the legendary weapons. Each one of them's characterised to the character. So like Ripley's assault rifle flamethrower combo actually has the tracker that she used. To, you know how at the end of the film she's sellotapes the truck the beacon to the Aye, she makes a blue peter gun doesn't she where she Aye. she sellotapes the flamethrower the pulse rifle and as you say the, the wee beacon to try and find new Aye, well that's on the actual gun in the game in the same way uh hicks's uh shotgun it's got like inscribed messages and stuff on the side of them so they are really they're really smart looking you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um as i said that, that was a great thing i think it's weird that you can't put normal pulse rifle bullets into ripley's pulse rifle I don't, yeah. I don't know what that's all about, but you can't scope. It. I, you can't. You can't scope it. That's that's another thing. It's like you can't. It's a cool concept. Your left triggers your flamethrower. Your right triggers your shoot. 
but it'd be nice to go iron sights from time to time. But I suppose it'll be a turn. But when you think about it, you've watched the film, you've seen how unwieldy the the, the weapon that she's crafted mm. with sticky back plastic. <laughs> you've 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 seen it. It's like the weapons aren't even held together that well. She couldn't. You could you couldn't imagine Ripley picking that up and pulling off highly accurate shots and stuff like that. The, the whole point was she was just kicking herself out. Yeah. And to be fair, especially in multiplayer, I very rarely use the iron sights because things are moving a bit far too fast. Yeah. So I I mean the, I think actually Rip, Ripley's pulse rifle is a bit overpowered for the multiplayer because you're effectively running about with three weapons because you've got the, the underslung grenade launcher and the flame the flamethrower attached to it. Yeah. And I, I just feel like an absolute badass with it. Yeah, that's the thing. That's the kind of feeling you're, you're the aim for it, you know. You're the one-stop yeah. one army shop. Fair enough. So I think we can both agree that the guns are pretty tight. Yeah. Right. So moving on to characterisation. That's what I want to moan about. Big word. <laughs> <laughs> right. First, I want to talk about the the crap banter that's in the game. Now, what we're all used to when we, we've watched Aliens, and the, Aliens is funny. I know it's a horror film and an action film, but Aliens is essentially can, can be broke into being a comedy as well. Uh, it's got so many quotable lines. This one, Disney. Very rarely did I find anything in this game that no, this- felt. This one does, it just requotes everything for the film, I think. It's like, if I hear somebody say Stay Frosty one more time, I'm going to rip my head off. You know what I mean? Aye, but the one that kept getting me was, what is this, Urati Ashes? <laughs> As a man who's played a million marine games for I mean, Battlefield, you name it, it's like, Hurrah's a thing that everybody says, even in COD, you know, they say it Aye. after the mission, but Hurati Ashes must be something to do with aliens. It must be an under an underlying thing that hasn't appeared in any of the movies, but maybe something. This is us showing how unaliens vanish we are. But I probably imagine it being a book, maybe or kind of like mm. maybe a, a bit of canon. I don't even. It has to be a book, I suppose. It must be in some kind of link, you know. But it's never appeared. See, I felt it was part. I felt it was part of the particular characters in this this particular unit. I felt it was part of their backstory that hadn't even been explained. Yeah. That, that was the impression I got playing it. Stay frosty works. Uratty <laughs> ashes for me, didn't he? But all the way through it, you've got attempts to kind of replicate it. I mean, you've got straight away you've got them getting woke up for cryo sleep, and you've got that what's his name, Cruz, yeah. is trying to give the same kind of patter that Apone was giving it in Aliens, and I'm just like listening and going, it's just not the same. They've just they're just constantly missing the the mark with all this all this stuff, and given that they had seven years to script this, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Surely they could have come out with some better material, or as you said, you, you said you felt as if um, they were copying it. Just copy it right then. At least we can go. Ha! That's that line that we like so much. Yeah, uh, I think it's a case of they they took the films and rinsed them clean. You know, they used a lot of the patter um, for the films and that, and I think if it didn't use that, then you would be going, this isn't an Aliens game in the slightest, do you know what I mean? It's like, but because they use the Stay Frosty and uh, other old classic lines, it kind of makes, it kind of grounds you in it, you know? It's like lines you know and you like, you know? It's just when they're delivering it, you really don't, you don't form an attachment to the characters in the game in any way, shape or form, you know what I mean? It's not... And it's funny because that that's also something I wanted to, wanted to bring up the new, was... 
the characters don't seem to have formed any attachment to each other. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they don't react like real people. And as I say, that bringing it back to the Aliens film, and I know people would say, oh, you kind of just keep comparing but you have to compare it to it, because that's what this is. Do you know what I mean? It's it's a direct uh, continuation of the Aliens film, so you can't know, like, have anywhere near as, as good characterisation. But as I said, you've got like likes of, you've got the daft guy that gets, you know, what's his name? The him that gets face-hugged very early in the game, oh, and you're running through the umbilical, and for some stupid reason decides, oh, I'm getting chest-busted here, I'm going to pull a grenade out and pull the pin out. Yeah. That's um, that's the Sarge for the Winters unit, isn't it? That's like his mate. That's Rhino Squad's uh, second Rhino Squad, isn't it? The reaction to this is you've got I keep calling him Dutch, but he's not called Dutch. O'Neill. He's called Big O'Neill. <laughs> you, you get out of the umbilical, you manage to survive. You're sitting talking to him, and his reaction is <laughs> Keys. How could, how could we forget that? This guy's name's Keys. Keys, oh, I, I actually remember, I, I remember thinking, hmm, is this like a, Captain. a mild reference? <laughs> possibly, possibly, but yeah, Keys is the guy who, who you rescue, who gets the chest, the chest buster from. Aye, and given that Keys is the one that's, that gets fully assimilated into a, a flood in the first Halo game as well, I don't know, I, I was kind of like, hmm. Yeah, and then there's obviously the there's obviously the connections between Halo and Aliens already. See the thing the thing the thing about that was like you know how we spoke about how he's the one that takes a grenade out and blows up the chestbuster. At the live review, they picked a hole clean through that as if to say that the say, Mr. Keys is walking along the umbilical cord, happy as Larry, and this chestbuster bursts at him. Now, at the review, they were saying like. Obviously, the most first thing you would do is pay, they were basically rim it because the guy blows himself up, right? But to be honest, the guy's a marine; he knows what that is. You know what I mean? It's not like he's a greenhorn. You know, he knows there's aliens. He knows so this is all part. I know it's. Any of them appear to know what the chestbusters are? Like you've got what's her name, Bella? Yeah. Who's been check, face face hugged? And there's the dead face hugger lying beside her, and she goes. Oh, I woke up and I had this thing attached to my face and I've got a sore throat. Yeah. I'm going to be all right. See, the thing, <laughs> Do you know what I mean? The, well, the thing about her is, and this is the thing I'd love to know, and it'll probably come out in later, later life at some point, was, you know how the original was a big kick-up about how the game was now... Females. Was, yeah. So was she rotten as a man? Uh, I wonder. Probably, probably they all were, I, I'd imagine. I mean, so. so how would that work? Because obviously it's a... Uh, it's the, the the most cringe-worthy line I've heard in gaming is the bit where O'Neill's talking to Winters about her, and he's like, oh, how, have you got a thing for her? And O'Neill turns and goes, yeah, it's a sex thing, and you're going to yourself, what the... F-? You know what I mean? It's like, how ham-fisted can you be? Uh, you know what I mean? It's like, instead of just having a kind of quick quote hey, that's a sharp line, they just turn around and go, yeah, that's a wall, that's what it is. And it's like, oh, that's that's great. You know what I mean? Thanks, guys. You know what I mean? Just 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 make me feel like I'm, you know? It's like, yeah, we we, we can't actually record what a line here, so we're just going to tell you what the actual <laughs> thing is, you know? It's like, oh, Jesus. Because I think the audio between characters is quite hammy, and it's quite wooden's me being nice. It's like a fucking forest of trees, you know? Aye. Very, uh, <laughs> it's very forced at times. Um, I know I'm meant to defend it, but see the the line the line the, the line where uh, basically what happens is Bella gets the chest bust and it bursts out her chest, and obviously O'Neill's got that in brackets sex thing with her, uh, and he basically he's just seen the woman that he's got the sex thing with die, and basically it takes about thirty seconds for him to bounce back. He doesn't 
it's like he rages for 30 seconds and then that is it. There's nothing else. There's no... You would expect at least a bit of like surplus feelings after that cutscene, you know? Aye. Maybe I'm to be like, I don't believe this. Not, nothing, just she's dead. Let's get on with it. You know what I mean? It's like... Have you watched... Do you remember the scene? There's a scene where you first uh, land on LV-427 where um, they're having the conversation and Bishop very callously says to Bella, you're going to die. Yeah. Because he he knows what's going on with the chest. And that's fair enough. That that, that was fine. I don't mind that. But see, the second time I played through that scene, watch O'Neill's face and O'Neill's character the entire time. He has no reaction. He just spends the entire time staring off to the distance and sometimes does his wee idol pose where he tries to look a bit manly and stuff like that. And then as soon as that conversation's finished and he's all start heading off, there's no lines for him. He just heads on. Yeah. Fuck it, who cares? Yeah, he needs to... That's the whole thing, is it's like a few extra lines of dialogue and kind of actual emotion. I know they're Marines, but I think the beauty of Aliens is the Marines are hardcore, but they also show they're soft and on the soft side. But they show their humanity, kind of like the panic and stuff, and it shows you how, no matter how good your training is, everybody gets scared out there, you know? And I think it's just the game just... It's clumsy. It, it, it has all the markings of possible a good story. I say possible there. But it just does them so ham-fistedly and knocks them in and pushes them in. It just doesn't... It's not subtle in the slightest. And it's just kind of like, why are you doing this, you know? Aye, aye. So, we can both agree that the characterisation of the game is pretty, pretty poorly done. Yeah. Uh, right, so what about you, mate? I would probably, my next port of call is probably the levelling up system in the game uh, to defend it. Um, having played a million other games like COD and all that, all FPSs are into this. You do something, you earn a reward, and it's identical in Aliens. The, the beauty of the system in Aliens is if you play campaign, you level up. If you play online, you level up. What happens is basically you are one Marine um, for both these things. So if I'm a level 12 in campaign, the minute I go online, I'm a level 12. And I really like the idea of basically unlocking stuff for my guns, like scopes and ammo and different kind of silencers and stuff, and being able to apply that to my online character, but then to be able to take that right into the campaign. So to be honest, the arse fell out the campaign after I'd spent a few days online because I was a level 32 Marine and then when I went into campaign to play it and to finish it, I basically had my top of, my top of the line pulse rifle and I was just going around absolutely slaughtering everybody and it was kind of like, that's ah, a bit annoying, you know what I mean? But the same can be said, if you spent time and played through campaign three times over, uh, you would win the multiplayer as a totally badass marine with your guns equipped, with your gun totally equipped and stuff. Same goes for like unlockables and stuff. You unlock um, different armor and stuff through leveling up and unlocking challenges. Plus, on the, the the other side of the coin is you also unlock abilities and that for your alien because as you play as alien online, you can custom your look, the attacks and stuff and what they do which is really good as well but that plays a very big part in how the, the multiplayer works I feel um, and I think it should be applauded for this kind of different take on on the, on the kind of leveling up system but at the same time also reflects why the game is or should be seen as an online game and that the campaign and the story is not really the main focus because if you've got the same character in both areas they've obviously Taylor made this for online cooperative play, you know? Aye, there is a counter to that, and as you said, it's the whole, 
coming back into the game, you've not actually picked up as part of the story any new guns, but suddenly you've got this big shiny gun in your inventory that you didn't have. But it's great for a game point play point of view. Do you know what I mean? But it just means, as you say, there's never. I mean, if you're getting stuck in the career, you could always just go into multiplayer, level up a few times, and get a new gun to come back into that same level and fight with. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But as I say, for a gameplay point of view, aye, that's excellent. I love the customization of the guns. I think again, it feels right in the series because I you can pick up all these legendary weapons and stuff like that and be like one of the characters for the thing. But one of the best things I found is, I mean, obviously the first thing I did in multiplayer was jump on his Hudson because I love Hudson. Um, having his pulse rifle, having his voice and stuff like that was brilliant. But very early on I decided, no, I want to be my Marine. And with these, like you get the wee skins for each gun Yeah. as you level up. And I love it because I now feel when I'm playing single player I'm running about with my, my pulse rifle that's kind of reddish coloured and has the skull on it and stuff like that. And I'm like, I'm Wally the Marine. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and I, I like that I and I'm loving as I said as I, as I touched on earlier I love the the new guns but what I also love is I love the attachments to the guns that don't feel to a place yeah although I refuse to put anything other than a dot sight on my pulse rifle because I don't want anything like any, I don't want anything slapped onto the top of that that's going to ruin the look of my pulse rifle yeah. if you know what I mean yeah <laughs> but aye it's great yeah, it's, it's it's definitely a thing. I think they excelled. It was the the customization and the way the loadouts. Though to be honest, one of the female avatar skins is the most terrifying looking skin I have ever seen, ever in my life. And I've played a few games, and it was just like you've been through the skins. You recall that's gris- that guy's quite grizzled looking. That guy's quite beaten. And then you look at the the woman one. It's like the most deformed manga character in the world. And I'm just like, I'm gonna have nightmares. That's the scariest thing in Aliens. <laughs> and I've, I've uh, to this day, it's like I've never ever went back and looked at that avatar. I can't, I can't bear it. All right. And as you, you touched on before, was the you also get to level up your aliens and get different abilities for them and stuff. Yeah. And I'm actually finding I don't like to use, and I'll go into this in, a, in my next argument, but I'll not talk about it. Too, but I don't use the other types of aliens as much as I can. I tend to just use the soldier. Yeah. But I'm starting to get to the point where I've 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 got my soldier. To, I've got the abilities that I want for it, and I'm starting to feel quite badass as a soldier. I'm starting to feel like I can I can jump into a group of soldiers and take take most of them out before I get took down. Yeah. Which I, it's, I could not do at the start of the game, and it's great. I'm loving the the, the you, you level up fast enough as well. There's none of this. Um, I've got up to level twenty, and now it's taking me ages to level up. I feel as if I'm still going up levels quite quickly at this point. Yeah, and the thing is as well, but with that is, is you can always jump into multi campaign and do a few rinse a few levels to push yourself that wee bit. If you're a few XP away from it, just push yourself in a campaign mission or jump into your mate's one. If you see your mate on, just jump into his campaign and help him for a wee, a wee bit, and you'll still get your XP. You know, so I think that whole system is really well implemented in the game. You know, exactly, and. Also gone hand in hand with the leveling up is the challenges yeah. that you get throughout the game, and I, I don't get me wrong, I'm not keen on the fact that they're not all unlocked straight away and that it just picks you a random challenge to go through. Because sometimes you're getting, I get ones like uh, there's one of the challenges was I had to get five melee kills, mm-hmm. um, and one campaign mission. Now, I, I don't get me wrong, I'm not playing it on the hardest difficulty. I've played it on normal. But 
see as you go through the mission, now I got, say, three kills, three melee kills very early on in the level. Mm-hmm. You go f- f- further on, you get, a f- you get a wee checkpoint or two. Then I found myself I would die, and when I get returned to the checkpoint, my counters went back down to zero. Yeah, it needs to be done. Now, I've, now, earlier on in that mission, I have killed three people with melee attacks. Yeah. But now suddenly it's saying that I have any later on, and now I've got half the level to try and get the five uh, melee kills, whereas... I can't go back. I don't. Who wants to go back to the start and have to redo all that? Yeah, yeah. That's one of the problems with challenges is you need to do quite a few of them in one life, and depending on because some of them are specifically story mode. Like for example, the melee ones. The melee ones I wouldn't attempt unless I'm fighting humans because the aliens are just they're just they just bounce back. You know, I mean, you're talking seven, eight, nine melees to them to to even put a dent in them. I don't know why that is. I really don't know why that is. Or what will happen is. You'll go to melee them and you'll do the pre-made animation of drawing your pistol and shooting them under the head. I know, and surely that should count as a melee kill. It should, but it doesn't. So it's, it's really frustratingly annoying, you know. But when they do it right, it's great. Yeah. The, the whole, do you know what I mean? I'd, I've been really, especially the alien challenge, um, it tends to be, I've noticed you get three challenge activated at a time. It tends to be the top one, tends to be a weapon challenge. Yeah. So it gets so many kills with this weapon, so many headshots, things like that. The second one seems to be a story one. Yeah. Am I right? And it's like doing something in within a mission. Yeah. And then like that. the third the one, is, one is always yeah, a multiplayer player. one. Yep. And what I've noticed about the multiplayer ones are they random. No. As much as the other two, the multiplayer ones have a set order to them, and um, it will start off and it will be like um, get ten kills as a xenomorph maybe, or then it will go on to like get five kills as the spitter. Aye, I think the, the multiplayer one like pushes you to try different elements like. Like you're saying, like it basically, like they're different classes or they're different guns, and it basically pushes you to try these guns because basically, it's, instead of going right, I've got a pulse rifle, I'm just going to use my pulse rifle. It goes, you want the XP and the unlocks because the challenges unlock um, stuff for your avatar, like armor. No, your your in-game avatar. That's, so like armor, knives, or patches, gun skins, and stuff. So if you want that, you need to, you need to do what it says. And if it's saying like use this pulse rifle, then use the shotgun, then use this alien, it's kind of like you need to do that to unlock them. You know, not that you have to, but at the same time, it is a nice week kind of incentive to to do these things. You know. Aye, but I would agree with you. That's definitely a great a great point to the game is the whole leveling up and challenges and things like that. That's it's definitely it keeps you playing. It keeps you going back for more, which is probably exactly what it's designed for. Yeah. Now, my next argument is going to be a canonical discussion. Canonical, good one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I can't spell it, but... Um, now, this is the point where we're... I know we've already been spoilery up to this point, we've already warned you, but... This is definitely going to be full of spoilers, because this is... I, couldn't, I cannot complain about this game without talking about some of these things. Now, my, my first complaint is... The, the alien types. Right. Now, I'm quite happy with the... You've got the, the standard soldier aliens. Yep. Quite happy with them. What's the fast the fast moving ones that, that leap on you? You've got the crusher, or the, the lurker. The lurker aliens. Yeah. I'm quite happy with them. They, they don't seem too far out of place. Now, first of all, you've got the spitters. That look, look no, I mean, they've got the big stupid heads with the the acid sacks on the side of it. Yeah. I don't know why that's ever needed. We've already seen an alien can cannon that any alien can spit acid if it needs to. 
Like, it's not something that they do all the time, but you've, we've seen it in alien films, like... Yeah. I mean, it's easy to think that an alien could always just bite the inside its lip and spit a bit of acid at you. Yeah. So, so why do we need these specific, big, mutated-looking things I think it's, to spit acid at us? I think it's to give variety. You know what I mean? At the end of the day... Could you imagine playing that whole game and fighting fundamentally... The soldier and the worker are fundamentally the same same enemy. They look identical, but they do different... They react differently. Can you imagine just playing the same game, fighting the same enemies over and over again? I think it doesn't help. Like The spitters get lime green sacks of acid in its head so you can identify it. If it had been black, you probably wouldn't have complained. No complaint. No, I wouldn't have. You know I, mean? I really wouldn't have. It was, that feels so out of place. It's the, the the big green sacks on the side of the head. But it's just to show again. It's just to show. It's just to show that it's um, it, it's got acid. You know, it's it's it's, a, it's a more a game designer feel than. Oh, acid, aye, aye, definitely. You know, but and I, it's not my biggest complaint. I mean, probably my biggest complaint would be the husks. Ah, the boil. But why? Why are why why do they even exist? To add another layer of combat to the game, you know what I mean. At the end of the day, that you got to remember at that level, in the, that point in the game, you have no weapons, so you are it's it, it's trying hard, it's pushing hard to be a survival horror. So at that point, you uh, you're 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 going through the game un, unarmed and you can't fight anything. So what do you do? How do you do? It? Make this entertaining because the minute you put in soldiers, they're going to run at you and kill you. So they needed some kind of basically mechanic to push the player forward but at the same time add a bit of layer to it now alternatively then the boiler could have got away with maybe having eggs and having face huggers but then they're motion triggered aren't they so wouldn't they work whereas the boiler only comes alive when it senses motion and it goes to sleep you know so it, it needed something to I agree I don't agree I, I don't agree with your uh, at the core of it it needed to be there for that section I, of the game. I just think, as I say, for a, for a fictional point of view, we already know, I mean, the, the idea is these things have been stuck in this sewery basement for so long that they've they've become horrible shells of themselves and they're now blind. They, they know, instead of attacking you, they just explode on you and things like that. But we know that the alien can survive any environment. Aye. Do you know what I mean? That's uh, it's just it doesn't feel right. Another excuse for it, maybe. Do you know what I mean? But just that they hung about there that long. That I mean, how long? What's what's the difference in time between the story? It's like months, is it? No. Aye, it's no. Aye, it's no. It's no so, big deal. So what? What I believe that the xenomorphs have transformed into this other matter a couple of months, maybe. Yeah. But do you know what I mean? That, that to me, that's and then you've got the big giant rhino-looking things. Ah, the crusher. I don't even know why. I think again, right? We're talking about this and game terms right so if you look at it in game terms right you have the soldier who's your um your infantry right you have the worker who's like your sniper can not the workers american spec ops guy right you have the spitter who's your sniper who can shoot for range you have the boiler who can explode you have your heavy unit that's the crusher or the raven right and then you have mm-hmm. the kind of light units, which are the face and that. So in game terms, they're basically ticking boxes of units they fight. You know what I mean? Right. And I know. I, I understand that. I, I get that. That. Or I just think for for the fiction of aliens, it doesn't work for me. Do you aye. know what I mean? Aye, I suppose. Yeah, I suppose you're right there. But then you could always. It wouldn't have took them 
10 minutes, right, to say that they'd been experimenting with alien DNA and some kind of something, and it created aye, these, aye. and these things escaped the labs, you know, it wouldn't have hurt them. It's all no. do. And the game does a lot of this, the game does a lot of shrugging off explanations, well, this is... which I'll come to in a wee bit as well in particular, but yeah. what I wanted to say is, the game, this game negates Alien 3 for me. It contradicts it so many times. Um, I mean, you've got... Uh, what I want to talk about first is the Queen. Right. right? Now, I, t- I don't know. Is that supposed to be the Queen that she ejected at the airlock? I don't think so. Right. In that case, it's no, I mean, it's no entirely true, but why would there be a second Queen? Because we kinda, we've learned from the other aliens things that there's a, there's a hive mind. The Queen controls the aliens... We know that the the facehugger that was left on uh, the Salako for Ripley to get impregnated by an alien free, we know that was the Queen. Yeah. That, because she knew, I'm screwed here, that, that whatever comes for this situation, I'm done. I'm going to plant a wee alien queen so that the species can move on. Hmm. Why would she have left another queen back on LV-427? But then there's, in Prometheus, but, there's all these ships. Every ship, does it have a queen? Does every ship have xenomorphs in it? Well, it's got to be black tubes. Aye, but they're no xenomorphs. That's the stuff. Yeah. That, aye, it's. But this is this this bit's a bit convoluted. The whole Queen thing, it just comes from having read some of the books and some of the comics and stuff like that, which might not be canon anyway. Aye. Uh, well, I've always been of the impression that there's only ever one Queen at a time. She only lays another Queen egg when she thinks she's in trouble. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And that was already given to Ripley. So why is there another Queen? But as I say, that's. That could be explained away. They just again they never bothered to do it. Yeah. No. Uh, but the biggest thing, and you know, it's the thing that I, I can't get away with not talking about. We find it about maybe the middle of the game that one of the marines for this the original mission is still alive. Yeah, you get sent to rescue him. And you maybe did, uh, had the conversation with me. Well, pool, uh, wasn't it? You, it was your was your pal that was doing it one time. Yeah, uh, it was Andy when uh, the aliens night. Yeah. Andy was uh, he was trying to kind of figure out. Right. Well, we seen. Hudson get taken away, but we never really seen him getting killed, and we've seen, do you know what I mean, and try to figure out logically who it was, and I kept saying, I'm not going to tell you who it is, but maybe don't think so logically. As I say, I was doing the same thing as well, I was trying to do the detective work, I was trying to think, oh God, who's it going to be? And um, it turns out it's Hicks. Yeah. <laughs> See, if I'm honest, I should have seen it coming, because the CGI them for the start of the game, you know what I mean? So, at the very start of the game, it plays the distress call for him. So, they've already got the attributes of the character, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. So, I should have really have seen that coming, but... But then, for that point of view, you also have, like, full character models for Drake, Apone, and Hudson. Yeah. For the multiplayer, so, like... Yeah. I wouldn't find too much attention to that. Plus, Hicks isn't even a multiplayer character, is he? Yeah, no... No, that's the weird thing. Not at the moment. That's, that's Aye, the weird thing. Here's Ripley, but... Alright. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, that's true, but they never... I, I always thought they would have put Vatikas in, uh, if I'm honest. Yeah. But, the, yeah, that's a, that's an hard story. Yeah, because nobody likes Drake. Yeah. Drake's badass, but nobody really likes him as a character. Aye, he's a bit of dick. I've lost my train of thought now. Aye, Hicks. <laughs> Hicks. Right, Hicks. Hicks. Hicks is alive. You want to right. explain how Hicks gets there, and, I'll, and, then, and then I'll hit you with my concept there, how he got there. Apparently, when you watch the start of Alien 3 and you've got the, the alarms going off in the Sulaco, apparently, just as it's eject, before it ejects everybody, it decides to wake up the Hicks. commanding officer who's Hicks 
But he's then questioned about, and we know this is why was there a a male in the the cryopod, and he basically just laughs it off. No, it's a, a long story. Do you know what I mean? And to me, that actually felt like the game, the, the developers of the game shrugging it off and going, ha ha, it's a game, don't think too much about it. Yeah, no, because basically you never see Hicks in free, right? So in my head, because he woke up and he said he ended up having to fight, I imagine some kind of fight in the trial, in the cryo chambers, and he throws a guy into the tube and the tube gets shot out. You know what I mean? <laughs> and the guy that fell into the tube magically doesn't have any whaling Lalande markings on him. What did you say? What, what was that company you said? We're not got Whalen Watani. Whalen Yutani. I think the first time you said Lilandi. Aye, well, it's, all, it's all the same. <laughs> but he would have none of the markings on him. Aye. Uh, it would have to be that, wouldn't it? Because the idea is plausible, right? He wakes up, wakes up, there's invaders. What's he going to do? He's going to fight, right? But remember, he's had half his face burnt off and he's got a serious arm, but he's going to fight. Does a bit of fighting and then he ends up shooting a guy and the guy falls into the tube. The tube gets ejected, right? I can buy that, right? Trust me, I'm I'm, I'm struggling here, but I'm buying it, right? <laughs> it's once it lands on the planet, the prisoners are all thick, so they don't realise he's actually a marine. Right. It's it, it kind of gets into that territory, you know what I mean? Right, right. So you've managed to buy that a wee bit, right? Tiny bit. Have you kept your receipt because um, you're going to want to take it back in a wee minute. Right. I've seen Alien Three, and you've seen Alien Three. Aye. The reason the thing gets ejected isn't it because people come on the ship. You hear the other thing. You see the alien acid melting and causing the smoke. There's a fire. And it says it on the computer. The computer I, clearly I, says there's a fire. And then eject, you watch the whole thing happen and it just been ejected. There's no battle scene. Why is Hicks just uh, busy running about the ship fighting people while they're getting ejected for the ship as well? If the guy fell into the cryo chamber, why? why I don't. The whole thing just doesn't make any sense. We've seen in Alien Three the whole idea of the the alien burning uh, one of the tanks, who you're supposed to think at that point in time is is Newt, and obviously we find out later in the film it's actually Ripley. Um, but we see the alien burning the cryo tube, uh, which sets off the smoke, which sets off the fire alarms, and then the, the ship almost instantly ejects the the cryopods. Uh, Aliens 3 was rubbish, so you know what I mean? Aliens, uh, Aliens 3 is not rubbish, mate. A British movie is garbage. Aliens 3 is better than Alien. Uh, Aliens a survival, Aliens a horror movie. Uh, but it's not a very good one anymore. Yeah, well, it's, a ho- it's, the, see, it's, it's one of the few platforms that have went for like horror, action, comedy. <laughs> alright, alright, it could have been handled so much better. Because all right. we took was that alien sets the fire off, and it's that same time they guys burst in the door. A fight ensues, and then that's how that happens, you know what I mean? I think how, For all we know, given how fiercely fans of this series uh, love the fiction, I think we deserved a bit more of, <laughs> it's a long story. Aye. But then again, because we're so early in the game's release, for all we know, there could be Dana DLC story. <laughs> Oh, please don't. You know I mean? no, uh, please don't. There's, there's, because the season passes out there, right? And they just they could they could do a standalone Hicks on the ship. You know, it could happen, right. but I don't see it happen. Well, it might happen, but who knows? But as it stands, all right, I'll give you that. It was badly handled. Could have been better. Should have been better. You win. All right. Right. Until this, see, until anything happens, like as you say, if they make a standalone Hicks thing that 
manages to incorporate the scenes we already seen for Alien 3, but adds its own slant to it. Yeah. Until the day anything like that, for me, this new stands alongside like, the Resident Evil films where it's no canon to the film. It's it's mere, look, this is an alternate story. Look at this. Uh, this is what could have happened. And that's the way I think Alien Colonial Marines because of that now. It can't fit into the, the movie canon. Mm-hmm. Because it, but uh, they might fix it, as you say. But for me, that's I think the whole gross misconduct. The whole game could have did with an extra couple of years in cryo sleep. You know, it it needed polish. It lacks that level uh, of authenticity in the story that it needs. Characters need fleshed out a wee bit. I know it's appealing to a shooter market, and I know shooter fans are basically run about shooting stuff. That's what it's all about, right? But we still like a bit of story where meat, you know? It's like, mm-hmm. I like to feel like... You look in one hand, like, Max Payne's got an amazing story. Halo's got an amazing story. Hell, Battlefield 3's got a story. CODs have got epic stories. It's all story-driven. And this just needed an extra slap in the face and brought it back into line. It just needed another five, ten minutes in the oven and you would have had a no-bad game at the end of it, you know what I mean? Right, so to counteract your killer blow there, I'm going to put to you a swift uppercut, and that swift uppercut comes in the form of multiplayer, kabam! He's on the mat, fans, he's on the mat. Yeah, multiplayer in uh, Alien Colonial Marines is by far the saving grace. It's by far the reason you will pick it up at possibly £5 for a bargain bin. Um, Alright, it has your standard deathmatch mode, which if I'm honest, if you're playing the game, don't play deathmatch mode at the start. You go into deathmatch mode, it's Alien versus Marine. Now, your Marine will be armed to the teeth and a killer. Alien, because you only play him in multiplayer, you need to nurture him. The first five levels, first five, six levels as an alien are murder. You will get beat down, silly. You will be killed. You're up against a far superior force. The Marine has all the fancy scopes, smart guns, flamethrowers. You can really just scratch them, and that's it. But, Stay with it and get by those levels and your alien becomes a machine, becomes faster, can blow up in a shower of acid, can jump further, can climb walls, can see guys through walls. It becomes an absolute killer. has a a tail attack, which my personal favourite thing to do is to jump in a group of marines who think they're smart by hiding and do the attack and basically your their tail takes off the heads of all three of them and you run away because you're that fast. <laughs> it's an incredible mode. Um, add to that stuff like extraction which sees four marines fighting to get to mission objectives. So power up an elevator, open a door, bring this system back online, retrieve this uh, data, get to the extraction. Uh, The four of you are fighting through the level, but you're up against four aliens who are played by other players, and they can hide and lurk and hang upside down on the roof and spit acid and jump off the roof or pull you away or... um, tactically, like, uh, if you were in the lift, it's a, the lift was going down. I've seen it, I've done it myself. You run in as an alien and explode, and in the explosion, you soak the the, the marines in the, the acid, which first downs them, but once they're down, then your team go in, as the aliens, your team go in and attack them and basically kill them, and it's, it's really, really well-fought, well-driven, and it's great fun to play. And then there's the other mode, which is escape, which is four marines have to hunker in, and hold a position for up to 10 minutes uh, against, again, player-controlled aliens pushing, keep 
pushing basically to break the, the barriers and basically your goal is the aliens to kill the marines inside, your goal is the marines to survive, you have uh, advantages like smart guns, rocket launchers, sentry, sentry turrets to sit in place and place them tactically, opening doors and stuff, while the aliens, you can also um, lock doors, lock panels, lock windows, but there will always be an opening for the aliens to sneak in, so you have to cover that, it's very much a teamwork, uh, I find myself usually back to back with a guy with his beacon, he's got his motion detector out, giving it beep, 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 and he's just shooting in the direction and we just sit and shoot, or what I'll do is I might hide in a tunnel with my sniper, with my smart gun scope, and the minute I see them walking in, bang, you're done, you know, it's great fun, really is fun online, and I think that's the kind of, how I see the game, I see the game as an online game, I don't see the game as a store, the store campaign, that's lovely in that, but I really bought it to go online and kick ass against, you know what I mean, aliens or marines, and um, I love it for that. Now I can even miss the things that you're saying here, right, I'm loving the the multiplayer, one of the things I do love about it is, uh, and it's something they got wrong in Alien vs Predator, was... I love the fact that it makes you play one round as the, the humans and one round as the aliens every time you play it. Yeah. And then and then combines both scores to pick who won. Yeah. Which, as you said, you've got the whole... Uh, this is what I would counter to your, your deathmatch thing, because I, I, I found I was I, I, easy to start off in deathmatch because I hadn't learned the alien mm. yet. And when you're playing on these um, different game modes where you very specifically need to stop somebody doing something as the alien it can be difficult when you can't control the things yet. Yeah. Whereas, I don't mind getting slaughtered in the alien as deathmatch, but in deathmatch because I get to then be a marine and I get to be the badass of slaughtering them. Yeah. But, as I said, it makes it makes you have to try out both sides of the game, which I like. But uh, in Alien vs Predator, you had the mode, that, I can't remember what it was called, but it was kind of like zombies. Yeah. A wee bit in, in Halo, where only one, one or two people would start off as the... Aye, but one person would start off as a xenomorph and everybody else would be the humans and as you killed them that person would then become xenomorph as well and it would be like the last nice. person standing I can't believe there's n- there's nothing like that in the game because I think that was one of my favourites but I remember reading early reports as well that there was going to be a, a horde style mode in this yeah. and I guess that what was the one you, you were talking about the one where um, Escape it's last, yeah Escape feels a bit like that but that's fair enough That that's fine my Counter to the multiplayer is, is it's kind of broken a wee bit, which is a shame because the multiplayer mode is so is so well done. The main online systems don't support it well enough. You get games fast enough, which is probably because the games just do. Yeah. So that's fair enough. That might you might start to find that that's going to be awful to try and yeah, find. I a think game. it'll survive. AVP's still got a good community. You know what I mean? I, I can still get a game of AVP because I was trying it the other week there just to see if it was worth. Devil in. So if AVP's still got a community, I'm sure they still have a community to Hopefully then I, especially that this one done so well, so I'm guessing people will have copies of it. Yeah. Because uh, it's only going to, it's only going to be a couple of weeks before, like, your, your trade-in shops are making very much money for it because they've got about a million copies yeah. of it. <laughs> so I'm guessing a lot of people are going to have copies of this left. The other thought to point to that is, um, and it's hopefully something they'll fix in a patch later on, but there's no host migration. Oh, it's, yeah, that's a killer. That is a killer. I don't know if you've noticed this, but if you, you, you've you went through an entire game, and if, if it's something like Escape, that can last up to half an yeah. hour for playing both rounds of that, and you're coming up to the end of the last round, and their host decides to quit out, yeah, you don't get, because they're getting beat, you don't get, your ex- you don't get any of that experience, yeah. and then that was a wasted half an hour, and that's unforgivable. Yeah, it's, it, it, it seems mean? to be that, seems to be the way with quite a few games at the moment, but... 
because I'm playing Crisis Free just now, and it's very much the same as that. If you don't finish the game or the host migrates, you don't get your XP for playing, which is an absolute Aye. pain in the nuts. Aye, and it's it's something that puts me off playing the multiplayer. It's why I love playing Halo, and it's something that you can't take away from the Call of Duty games, love or hate mm. them. That the multiplayer is always really slick, and it'll be the same with everything. Any kind of game that isn't very popular from a multiplayer point of view is going to be mildly shit online because of these things. Because they're not going to pay as much money for the servers, and they're not going to put Aye. as much into making it making it work right. Next, it's just saying this is a game that should work in multiplayer because it doesn't work in single player entirely. I'm not saying it's crap, I'm just saying it doesn't work the way you would want it to in single player. So this is a game that should be saved by multiplayer and would be if the systems worked right. But then, to be hypercritical, right, you you can zoom right out and go yourself, well, the multiplayer as a core is broke. For me personally, I think because the record KD See, this is where you go, oh, it's been a wank, it's wanky, wanky KD. But it's true, KD to me is kind of like a good balance of how good you're at again. As long as you're going positive, everything's good. But the minute you play as an alien, oh my god, you, you're, you, you know what I mean? You're done. Because you'll make up as the Marine, but it's humiliating being an alien sometimes because these guys, if you go in with Marines who know what they're doing, backs against the walls, you're, you're screwed. You're physically screwed. And I think that breaks the multiplayer because it's a superior force fighting. An inferior force that that cannot do anything. They just and it shouldn't be. No, given but what we know about xenomorphs and for the films and stuff, the, the aliens should be very resourceful. Yeah. And I think they can be if you learn to use them. Yeah, I think. But as you say, very early in the game, you've got very underpowered xenomorphs, yeah. and you're fighting against that solid wall of marines, especially if you're fighting against a good team mm-hmm. that have formed that weird Roman phalanx where they're all just stunning. There's no way to get through them, and you're just getting hammered. Yeah. If you can learn to use the alien uh, properly, as I say, you become better than them. The, th- the thing as well with the multiplayer, if you're the alien, is you also get to bring in to play the, the specials. The, guy, the aliens you didn't particularly like the campaign. Well, I like them gameplay-wise, I have you know to say I mean? that, and I don't mind using them in multiplayer. But yeah, the, charger, the charger's really good on multiplayer if you're playing uh, again in the... Um, there's a level in the sewers, and you can just run the sewers as a charger. The boiler's lethal. The boiler's just terrifyingly but deadly it basically the spitter spits this guy just vomits acid and then he explodes big time so it adds a total layer of combat to the aliens that otherwise would be missing you know it kind of gives you a kind of fighting chance see once you learn how to climb the walls and stuff as the alien yeah. how to get a boot and how to properly sneak up on people and things like that yeah it's such a satisfying feeling, and luckily enough, the game forces you to play as the alien every single time you play an online match. So you can't just sack the alien; you've got to play it, yeah. and you've got to get better. Plus, do you know what I mean? Plus, the fact is, we've not mentioned the fact that if, as the alien, you play for person. Where the human has the, the the motion detector, and you have to take that out, and you don't have access to your weapon. As an alien, you see through the walls; you see your enemy constantly. You always see the outline of humans, so you can follow them. You can sit above them on the ceiling and go, right, he's coming through this door, I'm going to drop on him, you know? So I think that gives you an edge, but at the same time, if you're on a stand-up run straight into them fight, they're going to, they're just going to get you, you know? I think for all our points that we've said, I think we can both agree that the game isn't shite. It's no, it's no entirely bad and it's no entirely good either. Do you know what yeah. I mean? I think it's got, it's got a lot of flack for people saying it's like the worst thing in the world and stuff like that and I don't think it is No, I think it misses the point so many times and it lets itself down 
to, to put it in retrospect, right, it came through the same studio that did Duke Nukem Forever, right? I bought Duke Nukem for £4 and it's still sitting there sealed because I'll never play that game. I don't, I've got, I've got more pride in myself than to play it. Whereas this is realistically a 7 to an 8 and it's probably about a £20, £15 purchase for somebody. And it's like, I don't know if I, I would agree with the... The seventy and eight, I'd, I'd, I think I'd maybe more say a six, a six or so, maybe, maybe a seven reaching. But if they manage to repair a lot of the bugs and a lot of the, the issues with the game, mm. I think it could quite easily be as, as high up as a seven. But I think a lot of people are gaining at like four out of ten. That's and it's, see, I've played stuff like Rogue Warrior, uh, not right, Rogue Warrior, Turning Point for Liberty. So if it's an FPS, I've played it, and trust me, there's a there's a lot of garbage out there. And this, honestly, it's not that bad. It really isn't. And I, it annoyed me the fact that everybody jumped on its tail. All right, it's playing with a big license. It's really a big license, but mm-hmm. it deserves better than what it gets getting. You know. Overall, the whole um, the whole aliensness of it was enough to keep me playing. Yeah. There's enough fan service there. We already touched on the the sound effects of the guns, and you go the aliens just sound right to yeah. me. It, it reuses some of the music for the films, but it also kind of does its own versions of some of it. A lot of the new music sounds like it belongs in Aliens as well. Yeah. We've got you've got loads of references and Easter eggs throughout the game. I mean, you've you've got a wee list, haven't you? What, what, what was your kind of favourite few of them? Um, my favourite one. Uh... If you've seen the director's cut in the movie, you'll see the, the bit with the, the wee kid on the trike inside the actual facility. Well, you can find that trike in the game. You can also find the facehugger that Ripley shot where the, her and Newt were locked inside the room. From, and there's more Easter, egg, Easter eggs. There's actually one where uh, you walk into a room and you'll find eggs, but painted like Easter eggs. And then, uh, alien eggs. Yeah, alien eggs. Painted as Easter eggs, and then there's one also where you'll walk in, you'll find the uh, face huggers and test tubes with canes and stuff. And there's to see these in the game to me proves the fact that somebody out there actually did care about this while working on it. And going back to the night, see the night when we were watching the film at the, the cinema, the guy that was the marine, do you remember him talking to Rab? And Rab was like, So, uh, what's the deal with this? Is it, how do you feel about it? And he was saying that he's part of this alien community or colonial marine community. And what it was was Gearbox communicated with them, communicated, was talking to them about how to get like the pulse rifle feeling right and the sound of the pulse rifle and stuff. So, that level of detail shows to me that it did have a team at some point that did really care about it and stuff. And I think that alone deserves it to be better than it's been getting you know but it is the biggest no selling chance. game of the year ironically enough which I know see it's really funny because a lot of people have got it up them and went oh it's rubbish it's rubbish it's shite it's shite well guess what regardless of what you say it's still sold truckloads and because it's sold truckloads you can they're going to make a second one you know what I mean see this is interesting that's an interesting point do you think now that this game sold well and that there'll likely be a sequel do you think that means that they'll maybe be able to take a bit more time with it and it might be done right? I don't know if time's what they need um, because the architecture's there just now. I think if they do a good turnaround on it, it could come out and it could be something special. But the kicker is, I don't know if you... This is another weird thing. I don't understand why it happened. But two or three weeks after the game's release and after the, the firestorm that was the, the, the antinist for it, did you see that um, Sega... Or, in brackets, somebody released test footage, um, a kind of RPG Mass Effect 
style Aliens game. No, this is like footage was like two years old, right? I think it was like um, Obsidian that were maybe doing it. Maybe don't hold me to that. And it's like mm. so. There's like an RPG massive Mass Effect style game out there on it. It's like how would would is that gonna work? And is this game just showing you something to keep the fanboys at bay? You know, because I, I don't I, think I heard the next thing was going to be an RPG, not an RPG, but it was going to be a survival horror game developed by the Creative Assembly. It was going to be a Creative Assembly game set in the Aliens universe, mm-hmm. done by the guys that did do Total War and they did Vikings uh, Asgard, um, and I thought that was quite interesting. But then this RPG snuck up on the scene. I'm, un- I'm unwary of this, and I don't really know where we're going with this, you know, because it's like, do we really need this to quench our, our, the bloodlust that people are feeling for no reason just now, you know? I don't know, for me, I like anything aliens, even the crappy, well, sorry, I tell a lie, I was going to say I like even the crappy alien stuff, but I don't like Alien vs. Predator Requiem, so it does show that you can go too far in the wrong direction with aliens for me, but even I even enjoy... Alien vs Predator, knowing that it's a crap film, but I, I, I like anything with these aliens in it. Yeah. For me, it's no, it's the male that comes out the better. Yeah. Uh, if it's handled well, because there was a game in the DS that's really good. I actually have, I bought it at Eurogamer last year to play in the train up the road. It was really good, mm-hmm. and it was basically a kind of side solo and shooter. But the concept was that you're you're a set of marines, but if your marine dies he dies and then you play as another character on the squad you know and that was really good and a lot of people actually like were saying when this game was coming out to go and buy that instead and I think at the end of the day it's, it's a very it's a hard thing I think to hit the mark with to please people you know I just think that with where it's gone and the beating it's got and maybe the point the money it's took it'll be interesting to see how much because you know the whole like the whole story they're saying now like how Gearbox took money for Sega to fund Borderlands, right? And we don't know how when Borderlands made the change for normal graphics to shell-shaded graphics, right? Well, that was when they drew the development team off Aliens. So the team that were waiting on Aliens took off Aliens and put on Borderlands, and then they took the money for Sega and put the money back into Borderlands, apparently. So this is what's, that's why that's happened, right? And what I was saying to my brother on that, and what I still reclaim is I would have loved to have seen a band Brothers in Arms you, you played Brothers in Arms by any chance it was the game Gearbox did World War 2 squad shooter right Would you, and is that the Hell's Highway one there's a freedom the hell, I've played Hell's Highway that's, that's the only one i played and I, I did really enjoy well, it imagine that system implemented in an alien universe where you are APAM or you are Gorman you, you're giving the, the marines the orders a kind of RTS imagine an XCOM done in the alien well I, I definitely I. there we go let's, let's just pin that to the wall right and s- just just <laughs> leave it there right let's, let's just say are you listening XCOM but in aliens now there's your winner simple as that because you control the troops but you also get the time to make tactical decisions and stuff just the same as Gorman does in the, the, the jeep you know what I mean and I think Aye. that's the road I would rather it go down that road than go down an FPS style road because I played um, Alien vs Predator Extreme Distinction on the Xbox, which was an RTS, RTS, i.e. you build bases, really cool concept, it was like the alien, the marine got the normal resources, the the alien would have to kill people and husk their bodies, so to get aliens you had to basically reclaim aliens, and the predator would have to collect skulls, and it was really cool, but it was a full-blown RTS, you know what I mean? Which might be a wee bit too much for this kind of... Yeah. 
Like especially the base building aspect and stuff like that. That's, I think that's too far in the wrong direction. But I definitely like the idea that like, XCOM there's neither that in it. You're sending a squad in yeah. to deal with a situation, and aye, that could work. I think. Well, I think basically if they reskinned it, and if you imagine XCOM but without the aliens, but without these aliens, they're not a million miles away from it. You know what I mean? Aye. But I definitely think it's, it's a better avenue to go down than the FPS avenue. I think we need to kind of move on now and start to wrap this up because we've been recording for quite a wee while now and I was kind of thinking we were going to have a half and real chat but this ended up sprawling as I say I think we can both agree as we already have that the game was decent and move on for it now put it to bed aye put it to bed aye put it to cryo yeah oh we need it again <laughs> aye just knowing 57 years yeah but anyway <laughs> talking crap now well can people find you? Uh, they can find me on Twitter at FuryAC3. Um, you can also find me on GirlGamersUK.com where I do reviews, previews, cover events. I'll be doing a review of Aliens, but you might have a feeling of how I'm going to review it for this. I'll also be reviewing the Empty Rab show as well, and I've got a few other bits and pieces coming up in the future, so keep an eye out for that, and uh, check us out for the latest and greatest in games and all things in Geekerdom. Everybody already knows you can get me, I'm at Majin Bully on Twitter. Send any feedback to at console underscore ninjas and emails to console ninjas podcast at gmail.com. No, I mean, I think this has been a great wee chat. This, was, this is a, the first time I've attempted one of these, and I think it's something that I want to continue with other games down the road. So let us know what you think of it. And remember, everybody, to play. The, challenge, the Ninja Challenge game at the moment which is Pinball Kid and I think by the time we get the next episode and Jace will be here as well we'll be announcing the winner of that and picking another game cheers for coming on no worries as right. always a joy we'll be looking to get you on for one of these later on in the future somebody say something about Resident Evil 6 maybe <laughs> spoiler <laughs> right see you later everybody stay frosty Game over, man. Game over.